Welcome to Unabridged Conversations, the Black Radical Tradition. This podcast features unedited interviews from most of the participants in the documentary film project, Conversations, the Black Radical Tradition, released in 2021 by BK Scholar Productions. Each interview is introduced by Conversations director, filmmaker, and interviewer, Edwion Easy Stokes. This episode of Unabridged Conversations, the Black Radical Tradition, features the late Nation of Islam student minister, Abdul Hafiz Muhammad. This interview was filmed between 2017 and 2018 in Harlem, New York. I am Brother Abdul Hafiz Muhammad. I serve as the East Coast representative of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, who is the national representative of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the Nation of Islam. I also serve as his regional minister from the cities of Trenton all the way into Canada. And I'm humbly his uh, helper here on the East Coast region of the Nation of Islam. And Our responsibilities is the spiritual advancement and the building of a nation of our people, men, women, and children. We operate a Muhammad University of Islam here at Muhammad Mosque number seven in New York City, like we also do at our sister city, Muhammad Mosque number 25 in Newark, New Jersey, as well. But I want to ask you sort of, uh, and again, we're staying in the sort of in the beginning time frame, how did you, uh, what attracted you initially to the, uh, I came into the 5% because I grew up among 5%ers in Brookline houses, borderline between Canarsie and Brownsville. And so that was a natural progression of me eventually receiving the knowledge of myself from the Street Academy in Brooklyn. And I came to the Nation of Islam by hearing a taped, an audio tape of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And I'd never heard a black man speak like that in such spirit, tenacity, courage, and most of all, the love that exuded from him then that's even greater in him now. And so that's how I got introduced into the Nation of Islam coming by way of the five percenters. What are some of the tenets that the Nation of Islam preaches that you felt that this was your calling and you needed to be a part of this? Oh, the knowledge of self. the love of self, doing for self, respect for women, respect for family, and I always prided and loved family. All of these things attracted me, but most of all, my dear brother, is the knowledge of God. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches that I have come to learn is the most prerequisite of all knowledge is the knowledge of God. And I didn't know the knowledge of I was one of those that was easily led in the wrong direction, hard to lead in the right direction. But when I got the knowledge of the living God, 
I no longer worship that which I know not what. I now worship the true and the living God. So the theology attracted me. Because remember, I'm coming out of the 5%. And the lessons of supreme wisdom comes from the nation of Islam. The questions asked by Master Fad Muhammad, the finder of we who were lost, and the teacher of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad under the title, the great Mahdi or the self-guided one. And it was the Honorable Elijah Muhammad who answered those questions of supreme wisdom. So it was a natural inclination for me to come to the mosque where they originally came from. Names uh, for obvious reasons are important. Can you share with us uh, the name you were born with and ultimately how you became to be a minister of I don't, want to, I don't go back to the devil's slave names. I am Abdul Hafiz Muhammad. I was born under a slave name like everyone else. And I'm not going to give in this documentary any credit to that slave name. But I will say this. I was born under the name Ross, which is a name that I was adopted under. I don't know my family's natural name. I think it was Bernard which to me seemed to be Haitian. To all of my Haitian people. But Ross was the name that I was adopted under, and that's a name of Jewish people. That means that they held my parents on their plantations. With all due respect, that's what it means. But uh, I then came and was known as Infinite Tashim, Great God Allah, in the five percenters, then in the nation, Brother Kevin X, then Brother Kevin Muhammad, and now for the last 11 years, going on 12, Abdul Hafiz Muhammad, and Hafiz means the preserver, the protector, the one who protects whatsoever and whomsoever he will to be protected. I'm the servant of Al Hafiz, so Abdul is in the front, the big name, which means the servant of. Okay. Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong. I was doing some research, and I also found out that the name Hafiz is uh, a title bestowed upon those who have, uh, who have sort of, not mastered, but can recite the Quran. Uh, yes, that's a meaning, but it's not bigger than the one that I just gave, okay. that the minister gave to me, you know. Uh, but, yeah, that's one. People who can recite the Holy Quran are called Hafiz or Hafiza. Okay, cool. Um, I want to get into sort of uh, the, the politics of the nation of Islam. Can you uh, tell this audience uh, why you feel the nation's voice is vital to the liberation of blacks in America? The nation of Islam's voice will always be vital to the liberation of the black men and women of America, Central and South America, the Caribbean, and throughout the world because of the statement from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Politics is not the panacea to any of our ills. Our root problem is not a political one. Our root problem is a spiritual one that necessitates a spiritual solution. That's why we'll always be viable. Thank you. Um, can you sort of uh, paint a picture as, as best you can describe what was sort of happening in Detroit in America in 1930s when the Nation of Islam was founded? There, there may be a, a there's a lot of confusion amongst, I guess, people of my generation. We don't know that full story. I'm not asking for the, the binomial genius forever, but 
if you could sort of just surmise what was happening, why was a voice like uh, Master Fahd Muhammad and then Elijah, Honorable Elijah Muhammad, why was this voice needed in 1930? The Bible says, <clears throat> excuse me, in the book of Matthew, for as lightning shining from the east unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. And this is Jesus speaking in the first person. Jesus is speaking. Red letters in the Bible. So he's not speaking of himself. He's prophesying of someone else who would be in the east, who would travel to the west, and as the scripture says, wherever the carcass is, which is the remains of something that was once great, there shall the eagles be flying above. Well, what's on the symbol of a dollar bill? One of them is the sign of an eagle. And the carcass is the remains of an original people, black people, who were the kings and queens and rulers of the earth. We are the ones that gave algebra and trigonometry to the planet. But like the story of Jacob and Esau, our birthright has been stolen as Jacob stole Esau's birthright and that it would be that the elder would serve the younger. So we are the elders on the planet. We are the pre-Adamite people. We are the original and the aboriginal people of the earth. So Master Fahd Muhammad's coming comes out of scripture to save a people who are now on the bottom rail of life. And he comes with the master grip to resurrect us and stand us up perpendicular on the square of truth. So when he found Mr. Muhammad, Elijah Muhammad, the honorable Elijah Muhammad, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, see evolution of understanding him, then he found him where the honorable Elijah Muhammad said the only thing sticking up out of the mud was his eye. He raised them up with only a third to fourth grade education. And look what he has produced and is producing today in me and in so many others like myself. Men, women, and children, original, aboriginal, and among the human family of the planet Earth because of the representation of his national representative the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So that's why Master Fahd Muhammad came. He came because it was written of him by the scientists that he would come and he would resurrect and save a people who had been made no people at all. And he would become our God and we would become his people. But he would come and he would teach the Honorable Elijah Muhammad these words which the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said to us, I didn't come to make a nation of followers. I came to make a nation of gods. And this is in the uh, Psalms 82 and 6. The Lord has said, ye or you are gods, children of the most high God. So Master Fat Muhammad came to lift us up from being called a nigger, a coon, a shine, 
calling the woman out of her name and the abuse that we suffered on the plantations of America. He came to let us know that the original man, the aboriginal man and woman, you are the best, you are the powerful, and you are the righteous. Uh, May I? Yeah, I just got a little. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my, my next question is, um, a lot of people who aren't familiar with the theology of the, the nation of Islam are familiar with the social aspect of the nation of Islam. Um, my introduction to the nation uh, came from the Million Man March. I was just a kid when that started and that happened, but that was my introduction to the nation. Can you uh, sort of highlight some of the uh, social movements that the nation of Islam has spearheaded in black America? And then to make it a little more personal, if you could sort of weave your story and, and weave some of the, the uh, initiatives that you helped to. Uh, the nation is my story. When you come to the Nation of Islam, you don't come to be an individual. You come to join a group of men and women gathered together for one common cause. So whatever the nation does, whatever the nation benefits for the people, then I'm a part of that. And it all culminated with the Million Man March. All of our efforts of propagating the faith with the final call newspaper, the women's discipline class, the men's discipline class, the junior or the young people or the youth discipline class, having independent education, having businesses, having a prison reform ministry program that brings men and women home, but brothers even more in particular who've been gone eight years, 15 years, 25 years, 35, 45, some a little longer, and they come home and they become paralegals, they become carpenters, they become lawyers, they become registered nurses, they rise up in society. But the nation also now has and is attracting those that have went to college and got an associate degree and a bachelor's degree and a master's degree, and those now have doctorate degrees, and those who have been in the nation who labor and work on official capacity have gotten their higher forms of degrees but they know that supreme wisdom guides those degrees and gives them greater vision and foresight into the future. So the Million Man March culminated all of these different things. So that was one big open FOI class, as we could say, when we invited in black men in particular, but men in general came and the black woman was waiting at the bridge, heard that I heard that a million men went across over into D.C. If a million went over, a million got to come back. I'm going to get me one good one. They just have to wait until he atoned properly and cleaned himself up. Smile on that one. But the Million Man March, brother, where the minister may have only been looking for 50,000 to come out, though he called for a million. It's not that he didn't have faith in it. But he's not vain in that way. He said if 50,000 came, as long as we were willing to give our lives to make a change toward our women and our wife and our children and our girls and our boys and our families and put down the guns and stop calling the woman the female dog and having respect and open up businesses and have unity and brotherhood and stop the fratricidal homicide that has creeped and crept back in among us. He would have been satisfied with 50,000, but God blessed him in all of his humility and his love with nearly 2 million men on the mall. Pardon me for a moment. And then 
And then after that, the minister then comes back five years later with the Million Family March. Then he comes back with the Millions More Movement five years after that. And then 10 years after that, he then comes with Justice or Else, the movement for the youth and the young people of this country, especially in the wake of the death of Michael Brown Jr. in St. Louis, Owen Ferguson. Uh, I wanna, I, I'm glad that you brought up uh, Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan's name because so many of us, uh, we hear the Nation of Islam and that is the first face that we think of for, uh, for, for a younger generation. Why do you feel that Minister Farrakhan's leadership and his voice resonates with so many blacks in America? And my follow-up to that is can you share a moment All the moments stick with me, to be very honest with you. There's no moment that I've had with my honorable minister as his companion in this life and in this work and as his servant and his helper that does not stick with me. I stand at attention when I hear his voice on the phone as I would as if he was standing in front of me as my commander-in-chief in my life from the commander-in-chief, the honorable Elijah Muhammad. And so everything with him uh, stays with me. He's able to touch the generations because he's born for these generations. That's why. God made him for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad to loosen the knot in the tongue of Elijah's teachings just as Aaron was given as an aider and a helper to Moses to loosen the stammer in his tongue or the knot in the teachings so is it with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. So he's a man of the times. He's that Elisha to that Elijah of Second Kings that has a double portion of the Spirit of God. So he's able to reach the youth because he reaches them in love and in spirit. And have you looked at the minister? Have you looked at him? I mean, Look at a man that's uh, 86, going toward 87. Look at him. Look how wonderful and magnificent he looks. He's not 45 anymore. But when you look at him, you say, my God, he looks so wonderful. That's because of how to eat, to live. And it's because of thinking to live. Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches you can eat well, but if you don't think better, then it nullifies the goodness of what you eat. Because when you are in harmony with what the creator has put in motion, then it electrifies the cells in the body. Gives us energy and vitality. And the minister said recently when he was in New York, God is ageless. And when you represent an ageless God, you too become ageless and therefore the minister reaches in every generation of youth and young people. Now there's some that don't know him but we're helping them to get to know him and when they do man they, they latch right on to him as their brother, their friend, a father figure and a teacher to them. Let me follow up with that saying um, for, those, for those that, that don't know him, uh, the Nation of Islam has played a huge role 
Public enemy. Public enemy. Uh, so you so you know where I'm going with this question. Mm -hmm. uh, in that case, what do, what do you attribute um, this attraction from the non-black Muslim to the nation of Islam? The attraction of non-black Muslims to the nation? You mean the black man? Well, it's their nature. Islam is your nature. Allah says in the Holy Quran, set thy face for religion, being upright. The nature made by Allah in which he has created men. And there is no altering the truth. Islam is your nature. You were born to be a Muslim. But the Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches a good Christian is a good Muslim, and a good Muslim is a good Christian. And I heard Minister Farrakhan say one day, if you understand. Well, I know he understands, because he's preached in more churches than preachers themselves preach sometimes. And I, now following him, have been a preacher in the churches here in New York City. And we have good relations with our Christian family as they do with their Muslim family. Uh, a, a lot of known black celebrities inside of pop culture like Michael Jackson and Mike Tyson yes. and others, uh, when they have sort of gotten in trouble, R. Kelly is another one, when these people have sort of gotten in trouble and mainstream black America, for lack of a better term, has turned their backs and they have come to the nation of Islam, whether it's the help, whether it's the security, moral guidance, so on and so forth. I attribute that to where was Jesus' work at? His work was in the highways and byways of Palestine. His work was among the sinners and the wrongdoers and those that were trying to get their lives together. He went into the synagogue and beat out all of the money changers and the attorneys and those that were making merchandise with the people. And he remained among them. So people, mayors, governors, politicians who spoken out vehemently against Minister Farrakhan, when they were in their lowest moment, like Jesus, he came and walked among them and lift them up and put a bandage over their wound and gave them a cool drink of the word of God and reminded them of their father, their creator, and helped them to heal. That's how we have the Million Man March in 1995. There was a time that uh, uh, the mayor there, uh, Mayor Marin Barry, there was a time when Mayor Marin Barry did not like Minister Farrakhan. He was fed the lies by his open enemies and believed them. But when he was in his moment of need, who visited him, who comforted him, was the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Until the time of his return to Allah God, he loved the minister, appreciated him, and the minister applauded and loved and appreciated him. And without Mayor Marin Barry, by the grace of God, all other factors. There couldn't have been a million man march. But it wouldn't have happened. The minister didn't go see him. And he didn't go to see him for the march. 
He went to see him because he knows that his brother is his brother. And that when he spoke against him, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So that's the kind of man that the minister is. He has broken peace between the east and the west of rappers. And to this day, we as his helpers continue in that vein on the east and the west and the north and the south coast, following his example. But the minister has been the lead. Why? Make no mistake about it. They all come around him, whether it's the Migos, whether it's Rick Ross, whether it's Diddy, whether it's Common. They all come around, whether it's Mary J. Blige, whether it's our sister uh, oh, out of Detroit. Oh, God. Oh, and she loves him and he loves her. Her name will come back to me. Oh, no. She's out of Detroit. Singer. Singer. Oh, sweet love. Oh. Huh? Anita Baker. Huh? And we can go on and on and on. Look, when the minister walks in the room of the stars, he is the star. They love him. His people love him and appreciate him and thank him whether it's in the genre of basketball or R&B or hip-hop. And the minister's a musician himself. Plays the violin extremely well. Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Mendelssohn's Concerto. And other things as well. He has an album set that's out. He's like David, who played the harp. Ooh, the string instrument bring together humanity. That's, that's how Minister Farrakhan touches all the way down into the soul. And when they're talking with him and seeking counsel with him, they're seeking with one that they feel love personified and no judgment of them no matter what they've done or where they've come from. Um, so I want to get back to sort of the message of the Nation of Islam. Um, the message, my, as my understanding is that The teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is tailor-made for the black men and women of America because of white supremacy and the tyranny of white supremacy that has given us a black nightmare in America. And so we are risen up with a teaching that makes us supreme in the sight of God, yet humble and respectful of all of humanity. But the Bible says, as we said today at the mosque, honor your father and your mother that the days in the land in which the Lord have given you may be prolonged. That's not just talking about parents or children honoring their parents. It's talking about a people who've come from another people who are the fathers and mothers of civilization, yes, we the black man and woman of this earth are the fathers and mothers of humanity. The Bible says all nations come from one blood, and that blood is the DNA, and in it is a brown germ, and in it is a black germ. 
One is dominant and one is recessive. And when you separate the recessive from the dominant, then you can take that recessive and bring it down to its lowest form. And as Mendelssohn's theory said, that bears witness to the wisdom of God. You can get the recessive from the dominant, but you can't get the dominant from the recessive. So no Caucasian on the planet, with all due respect, you can't produce me, but I can produce you. So honor your fathers and mothers. But many have not done that, my brother. They have oppressed us. They beat us down with rampant police brutality and mob attacks. They've never owned up for what they did to us on the slave plantations here in America, promised us 40 acres and a mule and let the mule kick us in the genitalia and robbed us of the acres, robbed us of our name, our language, our country, our religion, our God. No. God had to come and give us a teaching that would rise us up into ourselves and would put us on the top of the earth. We want freedom. We want a full and complete freedom. We want justice. Justice applied equally to all regardless to creed or class or color. And we want equality, equal membership with the best in civilized society. But if we can't get freedom, justice, and equality, then we have a fourth want. We want a separate state of territory of our own. For the next 20 to 25 years, America, you should take care of us because we have taken care of you. That we can solve the problem between the white and the blacks here in America. Give us these states with an outlet to a sea with land that's minerally and fertile rich in richness. Watch us go to work for ourselves because we have not gotten justice under the present political construct and we don't see any justice in sight. Um, I want to ask you, um, I know you personally, you do a lot of work with uh, political prisoners. You go into the prison system as part of the work that you do. Why um, are political prisoners the Honorable Elijah Muhammad talks about in the wants of the Muslims that we believe that all of those who are political prisoners should be uh, released and, and given fair treatment and justice. And so all any of us who teach the truth could be lied upon, set up, or mishandled by the government and could find ourselves in precarious positions where many have found themselves all they did was represent the truth and freedom for their own people. So we have to fight for those that have fallen victim to that, that justice be gotten for them, just like it should be given for anyone else. I know uh, because you're, you're a minister uh, and a, a man of faith, you guys do not advocate violence. Uh, a lot of the not-for-political prisoners are they're cop killers, they're murderers, so on and so forth. They're alleged. Prove Mumia. They haven't proved Mumia. Abu Jamal. They haven't proved him. 
you got to prove it. These are alleged. And if someone is guilty of something, then they have to be held to the bar of justice for their guilt. Let's make it plain now. When In the nation of Islam, when you are right, we're all on your side. When you're wrong, you stand by yourself. And may God help you. That's our creed. So we're not trying to harbor nobody or stand up for nobody. But I'm sorry, America. You have charged many of those who are innocent of what you've charged them for. Look how many lives have been taken, lives that have been lost, people on death row put to death, and those languishing who come home after 45 years, 50 years, 25 years. Stop it. So you think that we're going to believe everything that you have on everyone that's out there? That's like believing NYPD law enforcement was right with what they did to Eric Garner with an illegal, illegal chokehold. Then make the family wait five years and we supposed to have kumbaya because you took five years but yet never convicted this man. Never indicted him in Staten Island where they say that the grand jury can indict a ham sandwich and Lord knows the ham ain't good for you. But they could not find an indictment against Daniel Pantaleo in the Eric Garner case at all. And he didn't even have any remorse for what he did and never let go. When they fell to the ground, why didn't you let him go, Mr. Pantaleo? And the rest of you, where was he going to go? But then he said these words, I can't breathe. Not once, not three times, not five, not eight, 11 times, I can't breathe. But see, my dear brother, there's a problem with white supremacy and its tyrannical rulership because you don't see black people as human beings. And this is why in every generation, your children call us nigger, monkeys, hang nooses over uh, trees and locker rooms. See, in every generation, you're the same. Where are they getting this from? Why do you treat us this way? And to you, black man and woman, they're suffering with an inferiority complex. Why do we treat ourselves in a certain way that others think they can mistreat us? Black man, treat your woman better. Take care of your children. Stay in your home and build your family. We know what it is to build a strong family. In spite of the prevailing circumstances, God is on your side. And in spite of the opposition, we can be successful. Um, I want to ask you, uh, when uh, this, this certain portion of black men, when they go to jail, they convert, whether it's to uh, Sunni Islam or to the nation of Islam, the mm-hmm. brand of Islam, um, what do you contribute to that? Because uh, part of me feels that uh, the legacy of Malcolm met the teachings of Honorable Elijah Muhammad in prison because of the prison reform work of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and his teachings and those that are his helpers. That's how. And he was encouraged to 
study the dictionary and master every word in the dictionary. And so we continue that kind of work today. And when they unjustly imprisoned the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, charging him as a draft dodger from 1942 to 1947, though he was a year older than the age limit of the draft, they didn't want Elijah Muhammad on the streets telling blacks not to fight an unjust war, so they locked him up. There was a man who wanted to challenge the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was going to defend himself. But he said, let me ask you one question. He said, who is the original man? And the man had no answer for the question. And we're told that he became one of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's helpers. See, so that's the power of the word. And I've learned from Minister Farrakhan, when you change the language, you change the mentality. So those are brothers that are in the penal systems in upstate New York and Attica and Comstock and Eastern Correctional and Sing Sing, wherever we may be around the country, they respond because the word responds to them to get them out of their condition. Islam puts a backbone in the man. And if you got a jellyfish spine, it makes you to stand straight up and to have a self-respect of yourself. And the scriptures, it is a song rather, march on, Christian soldiers, march on. Well, all of us are supposed to be soldiers for the Lord with the sword of truth coming out of our mouth. And as it is written of one that would come, that the brightness of his own mouth would condemn the wicked. And such a man that I represent. What is uh, the message to the next generation of youth that want to continue in the work that you're doing? And when I say to you, I'm, I'm obviously in law of the, the nation of Islam. This may be a time to bring the echo always a time for the fruit of Islam. I'm a member of the fruit of Islam. A proud member of the fruit of Islam. I'm a card-carrying member of the fruit of Islam. I was once the youngest student minister in the nation of Islam. Minister Farrakhan has always invested in the youth of the nation of Islam. And now I have a cadre of young student helpers with me for him, and for you, and for our people, and for the world, and for humanity, if you really understand, men and women, that we're training up under the guidance of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So that is always the key. The youth are our present future. The youth, that's our present future. And we love them and appreciate them, and we're not going anywhere without them. And so we have no choice but to always teach and train the next generation. I want to be with them for as long as Allah will allow it to see that victory is won for freedom, for justice, and for equality. That's why Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not for such is the kingdom of God. And the 
babies loved the minister. And the babies loved his servant, Abdul Hafiz, and others. And we love them. And we want to see the best for our people. And we want to see the best for humanity. I have two more questions for you. Um, what does the next iteration of the Black Liberation Movement look like in this country? And what role would the Nation of Islam have? The Nation of Islam is not going anywhere. That's why we call the Nation of Islam. We are a nation of people who want to submit and surrender our will of our will to do the will of God. The nation is not going anywhere. The nation is forever. I'm going to say it again. The nation of Islam is forever. It will never go away because we represent freedom, justice, equality, and submission to the will of God. It makes no difference what you call yourself. There's only two words that surmise oh loving God which is to obey God and so we'll be here my dear brother and we'll be a part of any and all movements that free women from tyranny oppression rape kidnap and disrespect and young boys as well we will be here to fight for the homeless and the voiceless who have no voice, the poor who have no voice, will be here to fight against the plutocracies in America. That's the rich who run democracies. It's not that, as Minister Farrakhan teaches in his illuminating book, A Torchlight for America, that they can't understand the poor. They are so far removed from the poor and the oppressed, they don't know how to understand. But think of this. One of the Koch brothers, just returned to Allah. And he left here a billionaire. Always remember this for all of you that got money and fame and contacts. Naked you come in, naked you leave. You didn't come with it out of a small vaginal canal, and you can't leave it with it in a small rectangular box. So it is better that we learn to serve the people of the earth and not rob them and lie and cheat and manipulate and steal. The time of the have and have nots are over. Allah says in the Holy Quran that he will blot out all forms of usury and he will cause charity to prosper. And that's why the world is in an upheaval today because, you know, my dear brother, we count God out when he's the very breath of life in the oxygen in this room and the oxygen outside. And if he takes it back for a millisecond, we could not exist. So it is to him that I rely and to him that I flee to and to him that I seek refuge in for all of my help. Allah has made me for Minister Farrakhan. He has made me for Elijah Muhammad. I'm born for him. He said it of me. And I believe it of me. And belief is the absence of knowledge. I know it now that I am born to be his helper. 
So with that, my brother, with the light of God in me, I have an unquenching thirst for knowledge, wisdom, understanding, culture, refinement, the high sciences of life, love, peace, and happiness. I'm not a savage. I'm not one that has lost the knowledge of myself. I'm a civilized man that understands that the knowledge of myself must be spread to those that do not have this knowledge so they too can be cultivated and then empowered. See, knowledge cultivates then empowers a person and so I'm on it now because of the impact of God and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as his exalted servant and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan as his anointed servant and the Brotherhood of Islam which includes the sisters that I am a proud member of in the nation of Islam I forever have a light inside of me and I want to say this for the young people you know as I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm zooted, I'm high, I stay on fleek because I'm high, not on loud, not on Percocet, not on barbiturates, not on crack, not on cocaine, not on reef. I'm high on knowledge, wisdom, understanding, the culture and the refinement of God himself. And it keeps me fresh by his grace in every generation.